My name is Mike McGinnis. And my name is not Mike McGinnis. Yay, not Mike McGinnis. And this <laughs> is the No Quarter Podcast, a weekly show about classic video arcade games. And how are you today, Mr. Vanston? I'm ex- oh, you revealed my secret identity. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am doing excellently. What about you, Mike Giroux? Well, it's been a very busy week for me. And unfortunately, that meant that I got about 15 minutes with this week's game. That's not enough to beat me. Probably Actually, not. it might be enough to beat me. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of time with this week's game, but it turns out that that wasn't enough to improve my ability. Oh, no. <laughs> yep, my ability was so small to start with that even doubling or tripling my ability made no apparent difference in my score. Wow. Oh, well. You kind of suck at this game. I kind of do. That's okay, so do I. But it's a, it's a good game, it's a classic game, so it doesn't matter that I'm bad at it. Game full of fun. Yeah, I, I think so. So shall we try some newses? I got yeah. email from you with a whole... Bunch of news. I just dumped them on you this time. I'm, I'm going to sit back and let you, you take care of all this. <laughs> let me take care of all the things mm, that you mm. sent to me that I've just read. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> well, we're all, we're all about prep on this show. Well, the first thing I will bring up then is something I found that you didn't. And what? when I bring it up, I will quickly mm. read <laughs> the rest of the news. Uh, and I think I got this through Reddit or something. It's recently been Geek Week on YouTube as opposed to those you know non-Geek Weeks on the net. I... I I guess. And uh, for that, they've been running something special, which is when you're watching any video, any old video will do. You just type uh, the digits 1980 for 1980, not in a search field or anything. You just sort of type them away. And then suddenly, suddenly the video will slide down and a missile command game will start playing above the video. And you have to defend the video by playing missile command. And it is super fun. Cool. I like it very much. I have played a bunch of Missile Command on YouTube this week. I wonder what happens if you enter the Konami code. I did not try. You should. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) If I try to launch anything right now, it'll crash. Crash. I've got Skype running. Skype doesn't want anything else to do. The Microsoft system killer software. Ah, yes. Alas. But it was super fun. So if uh, Well Geek Week is still going, I think, for another day or two, um, people should head over to YouTube and, and play some free Missile Command. So by the time that this gets posted, it'll be over. Yep. Speaking of things almost being over on eBay, almost over is an auction for a Dragon's Lair production artwork still. So if you're a big fan of Don Bluth's artwork, and who wouldn't be, I ask you, Mike McGinnis, with finger pointed, (laughs) if you've got $1,000 to drop, which is what the asking price is. thousand bucks, wow. thousand dollars, but that's U.S. money, so it's not real. That's true, yeah. (laughs) But a thousand dollars, but you get a production artwork sell. And I am looking. Wow, it's that's a nice looking piece of artwork. Actually, it is super yeah. cool, and I would like it very much. But I am not going to spend a thousand dollars on it. It's had a few offers. I think it said it last time I looked. It had four offers, but they have been turned down. Not good enough. Too few digits. Someone whose name I can't recall at the moment, and I think it was me. Uh, was it you? <laughs> I hope it was. <laughs> Someone sent along this video of a. Game from 1975. It was Atari Jaws. Yeah, which is super cool. So there's a, speaking of YouTube, it's a YouTube video showing um, a restored Atari Jaws cabinet, a game I had never seen nor ever played. Yeah, it's from 1975 too, which really dates it. And considering how old it is, the colors look really great on it and the sound is, is pretty good. Was it in color? In my mind, remembering watching the YouTube video, it was in black and white. <laughs> uh, was it? I don't think it was. It could be just, no, my, my mind does that. I have the memory of a dog. 
I remember things only in black and white. <laughs> but yeah, the, so the player controls like a little scuba diver, and uh, you're supposed to go around. And you, it looked like there was like a big fish, which I guess is the shark, mm-hmm. and a little fish. And then you had to go around and try to catch by hand, weirdly, the little fish and avoid the big fish. And I guess it was um, time-based. So it looked fun. Yeah, it looks like uh, I'm looking at it right now, and it might actually be in black and white. Woohoo! Go Carrington's dog-like memory. Well, the the screen has the, has a bluish glow to it, but that might just be the lighting in the place because, from what I can tell, everything else is that's happening on screen is in white, so that would make sense. Yeah, most of the games from that time they were all like that. They're just a, a white phosphor screen, sometimes with overlays. Sure, you know, give them a maybe the blue is a, a gel over top of it. But it was a good-looking, well-restored cabinet, and definitely a game I had never encountered before. So. And it's now on our to play list. Woohoo! Yeah. That will be a relatively simple game. <laughs> I think Those so, Atari yeah. games from the from well, the mid to late seventies. A lot of a lot of the simple games that we've been playing have been really popular. So, <laughs> yes, we're a simple pair of guys playing a simple pair of games. <laughs> uh, a few weeks back, we talked about the two up. Here, I in don't Denver. remember that at all. You can't no. prove it. <laughs> oh well, then never mind. The two up is the satellite arcade for the one up here in Denver, the one that's uh, in a seedy part of town and is busily expanding into a former porn shop. Um, uh, that part I remember you mentioning. Yes. The two up has, there's an article on westward.com, which is a sort of a local culture rag, saying that uh, it has reopened, but don't get too excited, folks. They just did some renovations there that were badly needed anyway because it was kind of a dingy place before. Uh, the expansion into the porn shop, which I can't wait for, yay, arcade games and porn, will happen uh, later this fall. I think it's going to be arcade games instead of porn. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure that's the plan here, Um, is not to keep the the CD part, but to actually just expand next door and replace it. I don't like that. I actually do. (laughs) More skee-ball, I say. Well, the 2-Up Sports 35 arcade games, three lanes of skee-ball, and 19 pinball machines, which is, they're they're saying, Westward is saying is the largest pinball, one of the largest pinball collections in Colorado. I don't know if that's true. Well, one of the largest means it's a collection. (laughs) I mean, technically, I am one of the largest humans to have ever lived. (laughs) I suppose that's true. (laughs) Because if you're anything but, I guess, the smallest... Then you're one of the largest. <laughs> oh, poor you if you're the smallest. Yes. <laughs> and we've talked how, about how the one-up is now associated with uh, TwinGalaxies.com. We have indeed. And we, we have a bunch of, of Twin Galaxies news. Um, I don't know how I feel about actually reading their You news don't items. like it. That's how you feel, mister. Well, then we can skip all of these. <laughs> well, I know they were... Some of the news seemed kind of interesting. You, you had said they were yeah, well, live streaming some stuff. Well... I'm going to get annoyed here for a second, and then we'll yeah, move on. Yeah, do it. Bring it. Yeah. It, bother, it bothers me. I've been thinking about this. I think we talked about this as well, that, that Twin Galaxies is now charging people to submit high scores to their, their Did we uh, talk about that? official board. I don't remember that, because yeah, I think it's, it's something I wouldn't like. I think it's like $75 a submission or something like that per score. Oh. And I get that the, they're trying to cut down on people submitting 10 points on something, but I just that seems a little bit excessive, and it really... So I go but back and forth about. If they limited about, the number of scores they would have, then submitting ten points wouldn't matter because if you're not going to submit something good enough to bounce somebody off, why bother? Yeah, but if you submit the stuff, you they have to verify it, or that's what they're saying. No, but if you're so, saying I have a submission and here's the score I'm submitting, then if you're not submitting something good enough to be top ten or top twenty, then yeah, but they I imagine people will it. submit stuff without even checking the scoreboard and saying, here's my score, and mm-hmm. and then they have to watch the video and say, no, that's not good enough. 
That seems unreasonable. Then. What think... they should do is take a $75 deposit, which they refund if your score is valid. Because then that would cut. They, they, they wouldn't be being jerks about mm. it, and they wouldn't. They would also cut down everybody if it's any fake thing. Yeah, maybe. I kind of, like I said, I go back and forth because it's 75 bucks for the first one. And then if you submit multiple scores, it's $10 for every other score that you submit as like a package. If I read their, their mm. media right. And then, but if you submit two scores separately, it's $75 per score that you submit. What if I submit the most scores and that's the score I'm submitting is my high score on the Twin Galaxies score list? Well, then the whole thing collapses. <laughs> Waha! I shall take them down from the inside. So having said that, we do have some news about Twin Galaxies that I guess we'll go ahead and read anyway. Do it. We talked about the Kong Off 3, which is coming up here in Denver. Uh, It's it's the week of Thanksgiving. and Well, the week of American Thanksgiving. Well, it's the only Thanksgiving that matters. Whatever. It's (laughs) artificially moved and a nonsensical time to have a harvest. (laughs) This Canadian is judging your holiday. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. Well, hey, fine. I'm cutting out the Canada Arcade News. Oh. What's okay. The Canada Arcade News that's coming up is all about pinball anyway. I don't care. So the third round of wildcard matches for entry into the Kong off, if you're not one of the top ten scorers in the country. Which I am not. Is going on this weekend. Actually, it's happening tomorrow. So this will be it. Will, it will all be over by the time this gets posted. But that'll li- show our listeners it will, counting yes. on us to give them timely news. Mm. It's live streaming tomorrow, Sunday, the eighteenth of August. So you won't be able to see that if, if, so you're, if you're listening. Just, that means it was probably live streaming yesterday. That's right. <laughs> but I think they're planning to have the footage up uh, and available for people to watch afterwards. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and that's also a nice reminder that. The Kong off is coming if if that's what you're interested in participating in. And even if you don't get in, if you're in the area and you make it down there, all the arcade stars are going to be there. Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe, Walter Day, you know, the you know the, the usual cast of um, miscreants and criminals. I don't know. I saw King of Kong and I hear they hate each other. <laughs> well, and there will right. be fisticuffs, mister. Carrington? Yes. Are you familiar with the... I am. (laughs) Twin Galaxies Game Room video podcast? No, but I think it's coming back. It's returning. I don't don't know what it was, (laughs) but I hear it's coming back. I I think from what I could gather, it it was a video podcast that was shot on a regular basis back when Twin Galaxies was an independent entity, and it went away for a while, and looks like it's coming back. What's it going to be called? The TG Game Room. Aha, TG for Twin Galaxies? I would assume so, yes. Instead of Tiger Gal? Yes, it could be the Tiger Gal Game Room. It could. So, if you were a fan before and you watched it, it looks like it's coming back. What if you weren't a fan before? Well, then why Is it coming back anyway? Well, no, in that case it's not. Okay. (laughs) You have control over such things. I I do, absolutely. Okay, one more piece of Twin Galaxies and 1UP news also here in Denver. Apparently there's a Donkey Kong Players Guild of Denver. Ooh, yeah. that sounds pretty highfalutin. So along with the qualifying rounds for the Kong Off tomorrow at the 1UP, there will be the inaugural tournament of Denver Donkey Kong, of the Denver Donkey Kong Players Guild uh, at 1 p.m., which again doesn't really matter because this is, at, this is going up after all this has happened. So that means I can't just go down and join in, or maybe I couldn't anyway because they won't let us distance people join. that's right They're locals only folks i, locals I don't only. don't understand that but well, i guess then it wouldn't be the denver well it's a guild 
Donkey Kong. You got to be members Gun. of the guild. You got to have like a, like a secret handshake or something. <laughs> Must be. Which is probably like some form of Konami code when you're shaking yeah. hands. So that's also happening tomorrow. We will have a link if you're in Denver and you're interested in joining the guild. It's free to join, and they're promising to have more tournaments in the future, and I'm sure that they will be involved uh, in some way in the Kong-Off. I find I do find the prizes interesting. Uh, the first prize for, for tomorrow's winning entrant into the into their inaugural tournament is $100. The second Ooh. prize is $64. The wild card prize is a Jungle Green Nintendo 64 with DK64, which is actually the one that I would want. If I, I would say I want to come in third. Yeah, so... That's pretty sweet. Yep, but we'll have their um, information in the show notes. You can check that out. That's actually kind of cool. I wonder if other cities have similar things, like guilds or game groups around particular games. I know here in Toronto, there's um, through the meetup site, meetup.com.org, whatever meetup is. Um, there is a Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Up here, they're all translated to .ca anyway. And <laughs> there's a local meetup group for board games and there's sure. a local meetup group for role-playing games and i think there isn't one though for video games like I mean, it could be just because there are no stinking arcades in our city which is which is disappointing well you should start one well i bet i should start an arcade that'd be awesome but i wonder if um well, my, two up, machines, <laughs> my tiny little arcade and yet it would be one of the largest it would, it would. Oh, and speaking of uh, starting arcades and things like that. Let's speak of that. Here's another news item that didn't make the list that I sent you, Carrington. Ooh, it's secret news. Shall, actually, I, shall I unplug my headphones while yeah, you say go, it? Please go away. This is just between me and the listeners here. Excellent. We're going to get intimate here for a minute. Excellent. Folks. Cuddle up. I really don't want to be part of that. <laughs> Our clean tag is going right out the window. You actually had mentioned on a previous podcast about renting arcade cabinets. I did indeed at the All You Can Arcade uh, service, which is allyoucanarcade.com, I think it was. Yes. Well, that's actually happening now. If you Ooh. live on the West Coast, you can Ooh. rent yourself yeah, you can rent yourself a, a stand-up arcade cabinet, the full-size thing, for 75 bucks a month. Nice. Which actually doesn't, isn't a lot of money. Well, it adds up to a lot more than the purchase price of a single game. But I think the real, like we talked about, the real advantage is it's a delivery service and you can swap out your game whenever you want. So well, sure. you just decide to have a, a, a standing budget of $75 a month or was I working to be $900 a year, then yes, for that, you could buy yourself pretty much any game you want once a year or more than that if you want to, the games in a little beat up shape or something not crazy collectible. But the... I don't know. For me, it's the convenience, and and I know it's not not like no money, but for seventy five dollars, you can have any game you want well, among their list, and then they deliver for free, and they set it up, and they'll take it away when you change your mind. You want a different thing? Ah, it really does appeal. I, I like it. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, and I, I imagine at least part of their business model is is catering to things like corporate parties. You know, where they they'll rent four or five machines for a night or or a weekend yeah. or something. Um, they're saying that if this is successful, they're going to start up business on the East Coast, skipping the rest of us entirely, you jerks. <laughs> Although you're so sort of close to the East Coast of the United States, aren't you up there in Canada I'm land? East-ish. Canada yeah. is everywhere. So I wonder if, like, I know that the games that they supply are all set to free play. They don't take quarters. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they have versions that can take quarters, because then if you, you could rent a few games for a weekend or for an event that you're raising money for charity, say. So you put the 75 bucks in and you hope there's enough people playing that you make back your money if you set them all to 50 cents or something. Well, either you that, that or you, you just do the uh, 
you just do the pay at the door model and you know give us 20 bucks and you can play all weekend sure but i think you'd have to rent enough games i don't know if you could make back enough money um, well if you're a, if you're a corporation and you're doing a charity event the idea is not to make money for you you know you probably take a loss on it what if so, i am a charity oh I think well, people should have events to make money for me and well, we, rent arcade games for me this is all i thought the plan i'm good with that it was my plan true <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we have news wise we have more on the space invaders movie i'm starting to get tired of talking about this jeff <laughs> jeff is the producer but He's out there tirelessly promoting his movie, and that's As a good he thing. Should be. He should because it's a very good movie, uh, and it's definitely worth seeing and buying the the Blu-ray three-disc special edition. They have partnered with Tug. I've never heard of this organization, but apparently that allows them to crowdsource theater screenings. So basically, you go to this website Tug.com and sign up, and and uh, it, I guess it allows viewers to set up viewings in their their hometown. I'm not oh, cool. Real sure on the details, so. If you go to Tug.com uh, and look for the Space Invaders movie, I think you'll find details there. It's definitely on his homepage. Well, that's uh, excellent. I know there's been a few movies that have done things like that, crowdsourced showings. There was um, Fat Boy Rules the World, I think it was called, it was, which is a really good film, although I can't really remember its title. Horrible title. Um, yeah, but it was a good film. <laughs> and so that did that sort of thing. So this is pretty cool. So Tug.com, Tug with two Gs. Yeah. So I will make sure we have that. And also all of the other things that we have talked about so far, I will make sure are in the show notes over at uh, monsterfeet.com. And all the things we're going to continue talking about right now. No, those ones I won't put in. Oh, okay. I'm very, very choosy. Sure. What else, Carrington? Well, uh, you also sent me a link for the White Rose Game Show Room, which will be presenting a pinball exposition. I almost said exhibition. Ex- exhibition. It, wouldn't it be an exhibition? I think they're calling it a pinball exposition. They are. Makes sense to me. Is it? Are they? Hmm. That's what they're anyway, calling it's it. Two, it's two days of pinball, so I don't really care. Oh. <laughs> it's happening in October, uh, October 11th and 12th at the Great York Fairgrounds in York, PA. Or York Pa, as I pronounce it in my mind. Yes, it's $15 per day per adult, $5 for children ages 6 to 12, and kids under free. Uh, kids under free get in for five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, have a, a nifty little, uh, they have a nifty T-shirt that you can order right now from the website. Uh, what I find interesting is this note that I came across on the website that says, if you bring a game to the show, you receive one free admission. This free admission covers one day. If, so, in other words, if you show up with a pinball machine, you get in free. Sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, be, and I guess then you have to set it for free play. And I presumably a number of games at the show will be for sale. So, if you want to sell a game, that would be what you'd be doing. You bring it there, you let people play it, and you hopefully somebody goes home with it other than you. Yeah, it looks like it. And it looks like they have held a contest every year going way back where at least one person walks away with a free pinball machine. That'd be kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I could sell it for an arcade game. <laughs> well, it does say that they will have arcade games here, but I think the focus is on pinball on this one. Mm, not my focus. Now, if you're in the area and you're going to this event, you can get into a free screening of the Space Invaders movie, which... Ooh, is, I've heard good things about that. Which, you know, which <laughs> is set up to coincide with the show. It's uh, Friday, October 11th from 11 to 12.30 in the evening at the new Timelight Arcade building in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Nice. Yeah. So we'll have, as Carrington said, we'll have notes available for all of that. And we, Oh, and a uh, hat tip to Vintage Volts for mentioning that. Yes. I tip my hat to you, sir. Yes. 
So speaking of events, you also sent me a link to over on um, Arcade Museum, which is arcade-museum.com slash events or slash events.php. Mm-hmm. They have a calendar of events. So if you're looking to get um, uh, sort of a heads up, maybe on time to actually visit things the way we don't announce them, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> then you can head there and you can find out about We tell you events. within hours of it happening. <laughs> between hours of it having Which happened. would be great if we were a live show. <laughs> it would be, but we are a dead show. <laughs> so there's a calendar of events there. It, it is handy for finding out about upcoming things. Much more <laughs> handy than we are. I'm handsy. I'm often, but I'm not handy. All right, that's enough. <laughs> so much for the clean tag again. <laughs> and you also sent me a link to something pretty cool over at auctiongamesales.com, which unsurprisingly auctions off games. What? Shocking. <laughs> so, and they have a couple of upcoming auctions, none of which are in Canada, so they're auctions of disappointment. But they have one each month, one in September, October, November, December, all coming up. And they seem to alternate between Tennessee and Texas. Oh, no, December is going to be up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So if you're interested in doing the opposite of Rob O'Hara, what he did, and which is generally <laughs> good life advice, do the opposite of Rob O'Hara, and then, <laughs> uh, he got rid of his arcade games, you should collect them, fill up your life with arcade games. And one way to do that would be to go to arcade auctions. You know, it looks like most of the arcade, most of the auctions that are happening right now, uh, like you said, are on the East Coast and in the South. I know that they were here a couple of years ago uh, in a nearby suburb, and they had a huge game auction out here. And, and it's fun to go to these things, but if you're looking for Galaga or Donkey Kong or Pac-Man or one of these popular machines, you're going to pay top dollar for it. This is not yeah. a place to get good unless, um, except, well, it's... So there's a disparity there. So you, you're going to pay thousands of dollars for a good Galaga machine. I am? You, well, I didn't yeah. think that was my yes. plan at oh, all. Oh, yes, you are. For a game that you've never heard of before or that you don't like, like, say, Zarzon or Buck Rogers, mm-hmm. you can pick those up really cheap at these things. So. But that means you might be able to pick up a game like Eggs really cheap. And Indeed. Eggs, you haven't heard of, but is awesome, according Indeed. to our previous show. Yes. Speaking of... Eggs and and uh, the game, yes. <laughs> and juggling of, them. <laughs> speaking, of, yeah. Speaking of the game that we played last week, Eggs by Universal, we had a note from Bobby Moore on our Facebook page that says, "I just tried playing this on Android's Mame for All using touchscreen. I scored. Drum roll, please." <laughs> Zero points. The problem with playing on <laughs> any, anything on touchscreen, man, it gets difficult <laughs> with certain games. It's an update. It seems eggs isn't included in the coin ops five games, but scrambled eggs scrambled egg is. So I'm playing that instead. Sure. Uh, he's, yeah, he switched over the Xbox and tried it with, um, with uh, coin ops. I guess that's a thing on Xbox. I don't have one, so I don't know. Coin ops was the front end that I used on the first main, um, setup that I ever built, which was based on an original Xbox. I built a tiny little, uh, uh, countertop, um, cabinet, one, a one-player one, and I used Xbox with CoinOps as a front end for that. In fact, it, on if you look at old videos from six months ago or so on RCR, I used to have it running in the background behind me. Neat. Yeah. It has subsequently died. <laughs> I wired it poorly so that when you turn it off, uh, the easiest way to do that was I just yanked out the power. And eventually the Xbox said, I've had enough of this, and I shall no longer do anything for you. It's all huffy, so it is, it is now dead. Wow. Dead, dead, dead. Dead, dead, dead. Yeah, it'd be easy to bring it back. I just can't be arsed. <sighs> oh, Carrington. Oh, Carrington. 
which is surprisingly the 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 title of my my national anthem. Oh, you have a national for the anthem. Pe- People's Democratic Republic of Carrington. Do you have a national bird? I do. The people's. I am also the national bird. Oh, I see. Yes, I am both of those things. Though it's well, actually just me in a bird suit. You're making you're making it really easy on yourself then. <laughs> I am. <laughs> the feedback that we got from from Bobby on eggs matches, I think, pretty much universally across the board. But at least what I saw this this week. Uh, they've either never heard of this game or mm-hmm. it's inc- incredibly difficult, which I think is what we found. And, and that it was yes. a lot of fun. It is a hard, very rare, incredibly fun game. Definitely worth playing. We do have some other Facebook feedback here before we move on. Um, Rob O'Hara has sent a couple of pictures of the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Chicago, which has several multi-cabinets with two B- PCBs inside. The games are switchable by players. Uh, he said... Here's one you might be interested in, a dual cabinet of Rastin and the sequel Nastar, which is almost Rastin backwards. Right. Why it's not Natstar, I'll never know. And Carrington, I think you replied to that. Did I? You did. I, I do a lot of things. I don't mm. really keep track of it. Sometimes you, it's not me. I have minions. Uh, don't you, you know that make minions? Your, your minions make crude NASCAR jokes. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. He also sent like along, what my minions uh, Rob also sent along a picture of... Of his desk with an Amiga, a Commodore 64, and an Apple II all sitting next to each other. To that I say boo, boo, yay. (laughs) Christopher Titchnell sent along Mappy, Episode 4, Dig Duck, and Mappy are friends. It's a YouTube video. Yeah, so did you you check that out? No, did you? I did indeed, and I enjoyed it it very much. So it is an animated series on YouTube. We'll make sure we like that too, called Dig Duck and Mappy are friends. And it's not just the one episode. They're, They're... this was, like you said, episode four, and that's what the show is called, Dig, Doug, and Mappy are friends. And it's about those two being friends and, I guess, having adventures. In this case, they take off to go to, uh, I think it was a, a casino. I, I liked it very much. I thought the animation was really fun, and I thought it had some lots of really funny bits. I do think, though, there are not enough funny bits for the length of the episode. There's, like, two minutes of humor and six minutes of video, so it needs a little more editing, I think. It dragged, but... It was good enough that I bookmarked it, and I will watch the rest of the episodes. And we'll wrap it up this week with an email that we got from Scott Lambert, who owns the Underground Retrocade in Chicago. It was great email. It was. I was very uh, I was surprised and blown away to, to read this. Uh, so, so the Underground Retrocade, I guess, suffered a flood earlier this spring. Uh, he says none of the games were damaged, but their their location has been refurbished, and they're going to be reopening on Friday, September the 13th. And he's extended an invitation to us and our listeners. And I super, I've put it in my calendar, actually, because I really, really, really want to go down. I'm definitely going. I just don't know if I'll be able to make it for the opening. I wish it was opening on a Saturday instead of a Friday, because then I could 100% make it. But it's going to be to get all the way to Chicago or, or you know, I'm just lumping that whole part of the world in as Chicago. <laughs> then uh, I'd down have to America. take off work. And I can't guarantee that I could. So if oh. I can, I'm going to make it there on the Friday. And if I can't, then I'll go on the weekend because I'm really looking forward to it. So you have to dig through the site a bit to find pictures. But once I found them, I was like, uh, I'm in. <laughs> Look yeah. at all those wonderful arcade games. It looks like a neat place. And, yeah. and um, Scott, Scott writes and says, we'd love to treat you to a sneak peek. If there are any opportunities for us to support or sponsor your work, please. Well, you can always send us money, Scott. I'm, I'm <laughs> Do not send us money. We will squander it. <laughs> That's right. Especially Mike. I'll spend it on nothing it. to do with this show. But you know. <laughs> So I think that Carrington should get on his bike and, and drive right down there immediately 
Carrington also thinks that Carrington should do that. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to going down there. And yes, I do intend to go on my bike. He it says, sounds like the perfect excuse for a road trip. Absolutely. He says, we'll be sure to promote your podcast on our Facebook page and website as your message is perfect for our... Do we have a message? Well, we have a message, and the uh, message is more Carrington, less Mike. I'm good with that. I think that uh, that's a universal cry, though. Uh, we plan to <laughs> No, but fe- it was a universal game. <laughs> oh. More Carrington, less Mike. It had one big button, and when you'd press it, there'd be more Carrington, <laughs> and there would be less Mike, and eventually you would have one of the biggest Carringtons. Uh, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> I'm just going to reintegrate that joke throughout this entire show. <laughs> we also plan to feature your current podcast every Monday over our audio system. Oh, that that might be a mistake, Scott. I don't know it if is you not a that. mistake. <laughs> you should put it on a loop, uh, and that'll make people leave. I don't know if people want to listen to us while they're playing the game. It does put some pressure on to make sure we do publish on Mondays. Yeah, we it were does. a little late last week. Yeah, I don't like that. Go away, Scott. <laughs> Uh, we will make every attempt to have the featured game available for play as well, which is totally awesome. Uh, I Let's would start like, picking more. Oh more no, rare, yeah, Scott, I would games. love. I would love to see. I would love to see an eggs cabinet. And in fact, if you have one, I will make sure to make it there on that. Especially because, as far as we can tell, there has never been an eggs <laughs> right. cabinet. We picked a game that never had a cabinet. Yep. Yep. Whoops. So enough talk about what was. Let's talk about what happened what? this week. What happened this week? We played a game, Carrington. What a surprise. <laughs> what, a, what a unique turn of events. What game was it, Mike? Uh, it was a lot more mainstream, although, interestingly, we didn't. I didn't see any guesses on this one at all. Uh, maybe people just started well, listening. Well, the, the sound sample that we picked was a little more obscure, too. I think we could have picked sounds that would have totally given it away, but we didn't. It was, it was the middle of the gameplay. I, I don't know how I could have picked Nobody gets that far. You have to do theme music. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. It was, uh, and of course, this week's game is Rampage. Hmm, Bally Midway's 1986 multiplayer game. That was a good year, 1986. Oh. I remembered well. So, I guess I'll just sort of jump into my my brief experience this week was that I got to play this game for about 15 minutes. Uh, so, I don't think my score is going to be any problem for you to beat, Carrington. But see, you say that now, and so... If my score beats yours, you have this perfect excuse. And if my score doesn't, I look like a total schmo. Well, okay. I got to the third screen and died. Okay, then I probably beat you because I yes. got to day six. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got to day three and, and died almost immediately. Excellent. I didn't really have any time to play and get into it. My score was like 32,000-something, really low. Well, we should tell people what the gameplay is in case, for some reason, somebody has not played Rampage, although it is a fairly famous game. I think one of the most famous ones we have selected. It is. So you play one of three monsters. It is a three-player game in a three-player cabinet, which is very exciting. And you can be George, Lizzie, or Ralph. Or as everybody who's reasonable looking at it would think, you can be King Kong, Godzilla, or a giant werewolf. The only thing that's always bothered me about the game, it bugged me in the 80s and it bugs me now, is why the heck it's a giant werewolf. If you're going to go with giant monsters, you obviously go with King Kong, Godzilla, and a big robot. I don't. No. I didn't get then why it's a werewolf. We no. know. You never say with, no to anything I say. <laughs> you go. You go with a giant moth. You go with Mothra. Well, I guess that would that would be okay too. I'd be okay with any sort of or giant dinosaur or something, but just giant werewolf. There's no giant werewolf. <laughs> anyway, you can be George. Who's King Kong. Yeah, you can be George who's King Kong. You can be Lizzie who's Godzilla, or you can be Ralph. 
the giant werewolf, which makes no sense. And the gameplay essentially is you as one of these giant monsters, uh, you have been, tra- you're, you're a human who have, has been transformed temporarily into one of these giant monsters. And the gameplay is that you're going to go around into cities and you climb buildings and you bash on them until they collapse. And the army has come in 1950s monster movie style and they're throwing bombs at you and there are tanks and they're shooting at you and you can punch and you can grab people and you can eat food to recover health, including eating soldiers, which is super fun. And you can smash open windows and those that will often reveal items, but not always good items. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. And once you take too much damage, when your damage meter goes down, you shrink back down to a tiny little naked human. You cover your naughty bits and you (laughs) scooch to the side. You scooch sideways to go off the screen. And it's totally awesome and fun. Yeah, this is a fun game. It's totally fun. I love it. Well, it's a lot more fun, I think, if you, sort of like Rampart, I think if you play with a couple of friends, you're going to have a totally different experience than if you play this on single-player mode. 100%. I really enjoyed playing it this week, but it loses a lot uh, when not being played in multiplayer. It's a game, well, it's not that you're really battling against each other, although you can damage each other. It's more that it's it's a really fun game when you're interacting on the same screen at the same time. There's a reason why this game was put out as a three-player cab because uh, like Rampart, like, like um, Gauntlet, uh, it's a much more fun game if you gather a bunch of people around and play at once, which, of course, the game companies like, too, because everyone's putting in their own quarters. Let's all play at once. Let's play three quarters at a time. Uh, they built into Rampage, as with other games that they sort of figured out that this works, this method works. If you put in the drop coin to continue and you're out and two of your friends are continuing to play, you're going to drop money and to keep playing. You don't want to wait for them to die before you continue. Nope. Although it is fun when, when one of the other players does die, you can um, try to eat them. I think it works. <laughs> so, and then you get back to full health and you can keep using that spot to, so it's a it's a good uh, I got that from one of the wikis about strategy. Although it's funny on the strategywiki.org site, they have almost nothing to say about how best to play this game. It basically says, what does it say here? It says playing offensively doesn't work. They'll beat you to death. Playing <laughs> defensively doesn't work. They'll bleed you to death. The only trick is how slow can you die? <laughs> so that's like the best strategy ever. <laughs> Wow. Um, so the game itself, the it, it's played over a like each time you're playing a level, it's it's considered a day. It starts with a little newspaper clipping thing, and it's going. Uh, you're cycling through cities across North America, so it's a 768 day cycle repeating in 128 day cycles or 128 day chunks. Though of course I only got to day six. I think in the arcade I used to do better than that, but this week on Mame I kind of blew. <laughs> I got to day six, but of course I'm also playing where I can't continue. I think back in the arcade, this is a game that I would pump a few quarters in. I would rarely go up and play one quarter's worth of Rampage. I'd go up and I'd, I'd spend like a dollar or something. So you're continuing, and I would get far into the game but our um, rule for when we're playing for score is i don't get to continue so uh, well, with, it's one, less... with one quarter i get to level six right well and it's less fun like we said without playing with friends i played rampage with a, a good friend of mine at uh, a local bowling alley quite a bit in high school and we had a great time and i never for the life of me i can't remember ever caring how far i got into it it was just the experience of playing with with a friend of mine and having a good time yeah, and it's and it's a pretty iconic game. A lot of people, I think, even if you're only a casual game player and you couldn't necessarily even name the game, I think a lot of people, when they think back to the arcades, will remember. You remember certain iconic games. You'll remember the Space Invaders type and Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. And I think a lot of people 
when they're bringing up the images, would remember that game where you're playing the giant monsters. And this is that one. So there are a few knockoff games, but this is the iconic one where you were uh, the, the giant King Kong or, or Godzilla or foolishly <laughs> Ralph as the giant werewolf. So Mike, which of the three characters is your favorite? Who's the guy you like? I always played, I always played George the Ape. Always, always, always. I never even bothered with the other ones. And I think that was because I, if, if I recall my reasoning here, George was on the left. Uh, he was the left joystick. And, and as a left-handed player, I got frustrated playing in the middle of the right and I'm bumping elbow, elbows with somebody who's a right-handed player. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Do you play like cross-handed? Uh, no. Fancy, fancy ways? That's a, no. that's a personal question that I'm not comfortable answering on this show, Carrington. <laughs> so I f- would all, uh, often play George as well. I would be King Kong. Or frequently I'd play Lizzie. Um, but I never played Ralph. Because even at the time I was like, well, that's just silly. Why would you do that? <laughs> and each character has, uh, they essentially do the same thing. But they all have one thing that sets them apart from each other. And for instance, there's particular people that will appear on screen, little 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 humans, and they will wave like they're waving for help. And if you grab them and you grab the right one that matches your character, then as long as you hold them, you get big points. Uh, and you basically let them go the next time you punch. But if you hold on for too long, then they punch you and you lose control of yourself. So George, though, can only grab women because he's, you know, King Kong, so he wants to grab his gal. Lizzie can only grab men. And Ralph, again, being the stupid character, only grabs businessmen. <laughs> so there's men, women, or these little running around businessmen. You suck, and, Ralph. Uh, you, Ralph totally does suck. So I'm uh, just not a big fan of Ralph. The, um, but the game itself is, is super fun. There's not a lot to it. You're just you know, trying to do as much damage as you can to the city until you finally do sufficient damage that you move on to the, you've destroyed the buildings, you move on to the next level and you know, you you fight the bad guys. It's sort of the same thing over and over again, but it's got a lot of charm to it. Like it's, it's fun. It's also fun to play a character who's relatively big. Um, it's not that you're a tiny little sprite. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're much larger than your enemies. And so that's a, that's a twist for most video games and makes it super fun. I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, and I wish that I'd had more time to play it this week. This is Rampage will be a game that that I will be returning to often throughout the years as I continue to play these play these games and do this this podcast with uh, Carrington or whoever whoever I replace him with when, he, when I fire him here shortly <laughs> with Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I love it. I had I had a great time even even the few minutes that I did get to play it. Yeah, and it was a super popular game. It got it got ported to. Uh, pretty much everything under the sun. Wikipedia has it wrong. Well, Wikipedia says it was on Atari. Like basically, it does list most of the things it was ported to. Uh, home console things like the Atari twenty six and twenty six hundred and seventy eight hundred, and it was on the NES and the Sega Master System and PC and on on other vintage computers at the time. It was on like ZX Spectrum and C sixty four and Amstrad and the the Atari eight bit computers and the ST and and all that. But they don't list the Apple II. But there was an Apple II port, Wikipedia. So there, it was ported by Activision in, I'm going to say around 1988 or so. And it was only a one or two player game. But it was ported to the Apple II. Take that. <laughs> now I'm seeing uh, boxes of home ports, not for the Apple II, that were uh, done by by that god-awful company, Data East. Oh, Data East. Yeah. So if your platform is one of those uh, that was ported by Data East, your, your experience is probably going to suck. Yep. They pretty much only made crappy games. Yep. Not now, a big fan. And there was later, it later came out on more recent consoles. Like it came out on PlayStation, PS2, Xbox. 
And even on that, we talked about it ages ago on an earlier show, that Shockwave arcade collection Mm -hmm. that got made when they were trying to show off the power of Shockwave and you could play certain games online. This is one of the games that got ported to that as well. And then I think had a bunch of sequels, but I'm, I'm less aware of those. Like I know, I know there was definitely one called Rampage. I think it was Rampage 2 Universal Tour was the actual name, but there was like an official Rampage 2. I, I, I remember hearing about World Tour. I, I never... Oh, World Tour. That's right. No, World Tour was the one in the arcades and Universal Tour was like a, a, play, a, a console thing, like a PlayStation thing. Because then I, I'm looking online now. There's this Rampage Through Time, which is PlayStation, Rampage Puzzle Attack, which was Game Boy Advance, and then uh, Rampage Total Destruction, which is PS2, GameCube, and Wii. None of which interest me. I'm an original Rampage arcade kind of guy. Rampage featured the uh, Midway MCR3 arcade system. Ooh, that sounds fancy. <laughs> this was similar to some of the other board switching systems that were produced at the time to make it easy to, to upgrade and change out games. Right. Uh, in this case, the there was like the MCR1, 2, and 3. The 3 had the, the Z80 microprocessor, the, which had the program and EEPROM, the graphics memory, SRAM, high-speed RAM for video, and a custom video timing generation System package, IO systems, and, and decoding all on one fancy board that you could pull in or out. Over at Mike'sArcade.com, there's the MCR FAQ that goes into the specific details, not only about the three, but about all of the different iterations of the MCR board. So if you're really interested in that sort of level of detail, that's out there for you. Or you can just go over to the uh, Internet Archive, and there's, there is a Rampage 3-player uh, manual available in PDF form like 50 pages or long or something like that. Nice. Yep. It's a, it features three eight-way joysticks. Each player gets two buttons, one for jump and one for punch or grab. And I think that Rampage, again, this has, is following that secret, if you want to call it that, of success that many of these other popular games did, where it is a simple game that you can understand quickly and get into and feel like you're doing well pretty much immediately. You're not having to pump 20 or $30 in just to, to have any kind of gaming experience. You can have fun with your friends quickly and easily. Yep. And there's no end to the game. It just loops through after you 768 cities, supposedly. <laughs> it just loops back. The home versions often would have an end. You would go so far to an end. But the, the arcade was just like, we will take all the quarters you want to give us. And just go, go, go. And as far as I know, there well, there's the iconic three-player cabinet. But there were no other cabinets. I don't think, unlike a lot of games that also would have a a two-person or something, there was no two-person cabinet, not an official one. I think there was no cocktail cabinet either. There's just the one full-size, you know, 19-inch horizontal display, three-person original cab. There has subsequently been other cabs, like knockoffs. Well, maybe not knockoffs. I don't know if Bally actually put it out or somebody else did. But there's a modern cabinet that is... uh, a little more angular and has that wider control panel that sticks out to the left and right, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of modern game, it, the, the, it's sort of like the Simpsons look where you've got that, that big wide control panel for multiple people for three or four player games. So there's a version of the cabinet for that, but that is a, a modern thing. Like the original cab was, you know, full on skinny size of a normal cabinet and just squeezed all three people into that, which is why it's a three player, not a, not a impossible. Like, you couldn't fit four people on that. Barely fit three. Um, there's a... The the cabinet itself is a nice-looking one. The the Like, the marquee is just basically the orange Rampage logo, but it's it's 
sort of swoops down at the top in, in the same way that Mad Planets did. So we've got two logos recently that have that same style. And then on the the left is the monkey and the wolf is on the right and they're sort of punching into the middle and they're punching the lizard's face. So I, <laughs> I kind of like that. And then the bezel just shows, uh, the bezel art just shows buildings on either side and then has some instructions at the bottom. And like I said, the three-player control panel. Now, when you look online, You'll see lots of versions of this cab, and they have this amazing fancy side art. It's got the colorful graphics of all three monsters, and like sure. just looks amazing. And that is not how the cabinet came. <laughs> like so, a lot of people have cabinets, and they have that side art, which I guess is a reproduction art, and even on original cabinets. But that's not how it came. It was a you know typical of this time. It was a generic Bally Midway cab, so it's just got those green stripes that all the Bally Midway cabs had at the time, which isn't maybe exciting to look at, but that's how the cab actually came. Not that hard to find this. It seems to come up um, cabs for sale quite a bit. So it is something you can come across. The Exidy price guide says you should be paying like 150 to 250 for an original dedicated game, but I couldn't find anybody who sells it that cheap. So typical of the Exidy, it's like one of those, yes, you should you should pay this much, but you're going to pay more. <laughs> so <laughs> I found a bunch of people who seem to list it and then sell it for, you know, 300 and 400 seems more typical if the game's in good shape. But obviously you can find a steal, like you might find one at a an arcade auction or one that has a little bit of water damage or something, and then um, you can pick them a lot cheaper. But something that's original, original side art in good shape, Nobody seems to want to get rid of it for less than four hundred dollars or so. So not not super cheap, but it's a but it's a unique sort of thing. Like it's a three player cab, and well, there's there's nothing going on in the game that you can't emulate perfectly in Mame. It's another game that's just a eight way joystick and some buttons. Nothing. Su- it's not v- you know a vector graphics or anything. There's nothing you can't do here, but there's something well. special about a three player cab. I think that that sets it apart and would make it something I'd want to have versus just in Mame. Yeah, that's that was the the point that I was just about to make. There was that the only reason that you would want this cab is if you're going to be playing this with friends. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it works perfectly fine in Mame. Though I'm supposed to, I I mean, I guess the Mame version would support multiple people. You could play a three player. Yeah, I, I think the challenge. I think the challenge would be setting up your controllers. <laughs> the challenge would be finding two other people <laughs> that would be my friends. Well, nobody's your friend. <laughs> my friend, play Rampage with me. I'll be now, Ralph. I don't care. At the beginning of that cabinet segment, ladies and gentlemen, Carrington flat out stated that there were no further version, no other yes, versions I, of the cabinet. Yes, and I think so people should write in to tell me how wrong I am. I will be checking our email and messages and things like that every couple of hours so that you can write in, let me know how wrong he is, and we'll be sure to bring that up in our next Which episode. will be, become a, a segment that our show should be. <laughs> Carrington was wrong yes. about the cab yet again. But I looked, I looked and looked, I looked at the flyers, I I looked at the instruction manual and there doesn't seem to have even been an official kit to put into other things. It was just published as a three player cab in one cabinet style. And that's <laughs> it. I'm going out on that windy limb and saying, that's it. There was just the one. There was nothing else. You heard it here first. So yep. First, folks. Prove, <laughs> prove me wrong. If you can, <laughs> uh, there is a rampage wiki, which has currently 85 pages and not only has information about the title that we're talking about, but all of the ports and sequels and things like that. Definitely worth checking out if you like this game. Cool. I enjoyed Rampage quite a bit. It didn't, for me, have quite the appeal as, as the, oh my God, this is a great game like Eggs did last week. Uh, but I enjoyed it enough to say that I will be playing this well into the future. You know, I'm totally with you on that. I, too 
um, really like the game. I think it's charming. I think it's iconic. It's definitely a game that you add to your main favorites and can pick up and play really quick. Uh, definitely a game that will be in rotation for me and I will play again. Like you, I didn't have that, oh my god, what an amazing game experience I had with Eggs. But I think that's because Eggs was a really good game that was brand new to me. I'd never played mm-hmm. it before. And I think if I had never seen nor heard of Rampage before, and you had suggested I picked it up and it was totally fresh, I would have been blown away. I was like, oh my god, what a fun, what a charming game. I can't believe how good this is. So I think the only reason I'm not gushing about how amazing it is, is that it's familiar. Well, yeah, I could see that because there's definitely a certain visceral satisfaction to pounding away at a building and then watching the whole thing come down. There is, and I know that satisfaction from real life, and it's almost <laughs> as fun in Maine. Well, I so think that's... Uh, no, we're not talking about scores. <laughs> yes, we are, baby. It is, you can't weasel it just because <laughs> you only had 15 minutes to play. Oh, yes, I can. Counts. You watch. You watch. It still counts. No, so it does not You should count. have been playing during the show. You had more time. Uh. <laughs> so I got as far as day six, and my best score I got in the week, and I, too, only had so much time to play, but in this week, with no continues, the best time I could get was day six, and I got 106,840 points, oh, and all my scores seemed to end in zero, so it seems like one of those games. Yeah, I was look- I looked at my score while we were talking here. I got to day three and died almost immediately. I got 32,280 points. That's very small. <laughs> my score has a whole That's extra digit. <laughs> whole extra digit in my score, Mike. Uh. <laughs> you could take out like almost any of the digits from my score and it would still be better than your score Karen's i'm gonna the... take out the the four. Oh, look i'm still oh wait no then i'd lose <laughs> i've changed my mind about the <laughs> taking out a digit well trash trash talking me on this game doesn't really bother me that much because like i said i i didn't play it and this isn't one that's like your excuses are feeble my, uh, all right well you can trash talk to the wind and i'll just <laughs> laugh at you over here at any rate do you might... think you could do better in another game I bet I can do better in this game that we're about to play. Ooh, what's it sound like? What's it sound like? Sounds like this, Carrington. And I think that about wraps up our discussion for this week. Our discussion is indeed wrapped up with a little bow. Yep. And I'm tired of you, Carrington, so (laughs) go away. I am tired of me, Carrington, too. <laughs> I also agree I should go away. But thank you very much for podcasting yeah, with Mike. Yeah, you, you too, Carrington. I had another great week. And uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I wanted to mention again, uh, episode 52 is coming up. That's our one-year anniversary. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. missed any yet. Like I said, we've been really late on some of them, but we haven't missed any. What kind of podcast goes a whole year and doesn't miss an oh, episode? That's crazy. That's, we're going to have to miss next that's week. Crazy. Maybe that, that'll be our celebration <laughs> is what, that we skip one right before 52. <laughs> Uh, but if you have any ideas or suggestions, list, dear listeners, uh, that, that you'd like us to do to each other or for each other or to you, uh, write in, let us know, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see about making that happen. I think a contest is probably in the offing, but other than that, I have no ideas. I have no ideas, too. And on that note... <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain.
Ooh, what's it sound like? What's it sound like? Sounds like this Carrington. It sounds like this Carrington.